0: Well, a new study came out last week that claims that shouting at children or using a raised voice can be as damaging as physical or sexual abuse. It raises a couple of important issues. Let's check it out. So according to media reports, new research published in the journal Child Abuse and Neglect claims that parents who shout at their children, or call them stupid, are leaving their offspring at greater risk of self-harm, drug use, and ending up in jail. They say that talking harshly to children should be recognized as a form of abuse because of the huge damage it does. And the authors say, quote, adult-to-child perpetration of verbal abuse is characterized by shouting, yelling, denigrating the child, and verbal threats, end quote. Verbal threats. I mean, what do they mean? If you don't eat your veggies, there's no pudding? If you don't get off your phone, the phone will be confiscated? Is that a verbal threat? Is that abuse? The academics claim, quote, these types of adult actions can be as damaging to a child's development as other currently recognized and forensically established subtypes of mistreatment, such as childhood physical and sexual abuse. And the study examined existing evidence on the impact of child verbal abuse. There was one recent paper, a UK study published in the British Medical Journal. It had a sample of 20,000 UK residents and it found that those who had been verbally abused were twice as likely to use cannabis, more likely to have feelings of low mental well-being, binge drink, time in prison, and be both a victim and a perpetrator of violence. Which is interesting because I thought we were told that only smacking leads to violence. Maybe not, eh? Now, one of the authors of this new paper is Shanta Dubey from Wingate University, and she spoke to CNN about
1: it. The study basically has shown that verbal abuse has been a hidden problem, and although it is part of the definition for emotional abuse, it itself is not on the radar, the, the term childhood verbal abuse. And so because it's not on the radar, it's not a subtype of maltreatment, we're missing it. We aren't able to prevent it. And what the data is showing in fact is that while physical and sexual abuse still occur amongst children, the the prevalence or if you will the percent of individuals with the experiencing those forms has declined over time whereas emotional abuse which has increased over time and has that definition of verbal abuse is is on the rise
0: kids say mean stuff to kids all the time um it's one thing though to be called stupid lazy you're worthless at school or you know out on the playground uh when it happens at home a place which is meant to be safe it can be devastating in that moment, and also have long-term consequences. So, explain why you know kids can say mean things, but when it's a parent or a caregiver, it's so much more devastating.
1: Well, it's adult to child. You know, the adult caregiver is the caregiver, um, be it a teacher or a parent, and the child is looking up to that individual, that adult, um, for that safety and nurturance. So, when the words and the speech behaviors are uh, dissonant and violent or aggressive and um, abusive, it can really have a devastating impact on the child. Immediately, the child feels unloved, abandoned, um, and then long-term into adulthood, we have seen that the impacts can lead to suicidality, depression, anxiety and even physical health effects such as um, obesity and, um, and high blood pressure.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that the academics are expecting the adults to take responsibility for the child, ex- oh, except when the child wants to be the other sex or wants an abortion, and then the uh, government uh, and the authority can be taken from the loving parent. Now, unfortunately, and contrary to the comments made by these US researchers about the rates of abuse there, serious physical abuse has not declined in New Zealand despite the anti-smacking law. It's been on the increase since about 2007, as you can see there, which ironically is the year the anti-smacking law was passed. And the rate of child sexual abuse found by police has steadily increased, a 61% increase since 2000. Now this latest research is about verbal abuse, and that comes under the overarching category of emotional abuse uh, in New Zealand, according to Orlanga Tamariki. They define it as, quote, patterns of degradation, constant and vitriolic criticism, or repeated negative comparisons to others, end quote. Which is far more specific, isn't it? Degrading, vitriolic. But that's different to a raised voice, a shout, a verbal threat, uh, what we used to call a good telling off. And in New Zealand, rates of emotional abuse have actually decreased over recent years, although we need to get the latest data on this. In fact, there have been changing priorities within child, youth and family, uh, and subsequently Oranga Tamariki, which saw emotional abuse and neglect considered less serious than physical and sexual abuse. There's two issues here, though. To equate verbal abuse with sexual abuse and even physical abuse can undermine just how harmful and destructive sexual abuse is. There is no redeeming factor to sexual abuse of a child. There's no lesser or acceptable forms of sexual abuse. It is always wrong, isn't it? But here's the key point. During the anti-smacking law debate, a law which was rejected by the overwhelming majority of New Zealanders, but rammed through by politicians anyway, We argue that studies cited by opponents of smacking didn't adequately distinguish the effects of smacking as practiced by non-abusive, loving parents from the impact of severe physical punishment and abuse by rotten parents. The researchers just lumped them all together in one group. And that's what these researchers seem to have done with verbal abuse. They've treated telling off your child in a loud voice or in a stern way and with the threat of a consequence. They've treated it the same as screaming at them and swearing at them, but they're very different things. There won't be many parents, I think, who can say that they've never had to shout at their child or use a raised voice either to warn them from doing something dangerous or to communicate the seriousness of an action, or even just to get their attention, or to emphasize how serious the bad behavior is. But we've been told that smacking is the problem. We've criminalized good parents for using a technique which can work. What about other forms of correction of children though? Are they also problematic? You see, supporters of anti-smacking laws haven't been able to identify alternative methods of discipline that can be effective in reducing certain child behavior, behavior problems. This latest research says that verbal abuse is as bad as physical abuse. Well, a 2013 uh, study from Oklahoma State University referred to three recent studies of 12 disciplinary tactics that parents could use instead of smacking. But they found that no tactic was ever always associated with reduced child behaviour problems. And seven of the 12 tactics actually predicted predicted significantly worse behaviour problems in at least one analysis. Other studies have shown that expressing disappointment or yelling or scolding are associated with many significantly adverse outcomes of snacking, and that time out and shaming were also significantly associated with internalising problems. Now the time out technique, used by parents for decades, exploded into public domain you might remember in the early 2000s thanks to TV super nanny, Joe Frost, who rebranded it as the naughty step technique. But then the parenting experts turned up again. Uh, from the Washington Post, experts criticize the timeout technique, saying that it might neglect a child's emotional needs, and that isolation, which of course is the defining quality of the timeout technique, is a form of punishment. A while back, an Australian parenting expert labeled timeout as shameful and humiliating, hum- humiliating, and claiming that it creates hurt, anger, and defiance in a child, ultimately harming them. They also claim that nervous habits. Can result in that children should not be told they are naughty. Imagine that. Once again, these unsubstantiated and ideologically flawed claims are uh, uh, the latest fads in parenting by academics, but they simply undermine the confidence of parents to raise their children in a positive and common sense way. I mean, where will it stop? Will it soon be unacceptable to withdraw privileges or ground a child? Perhaps it will soon be even unacceptable to frown at a child who is misbehaving. Researchers suggest that despite the best of intentions, the prohibition of appropriate smacking may inadvertently undermine appropriate parental discipline with the result that a small but increasing percentage of mainly boys may grow up with a dangerous combination of disrespect for their mothers and a lack of self-control. Yeah, well, we can actually see that in any school and in our community even now, can't we? Look, let's be honest. In many cases, parental guidance and correction will be non-physical. timeout, withdrawal of privileges, telling off, grounding, they can often work. However, sometimes a parent may reasonably decide that a smack is required to correct or prevent defiant or unacceptable behaviour for a particularly defiant child. But the bottom line is that anti-smacking policies are problematic because they contradict our own childhood experiences with discipline and their long-term outcomes. Many of us received a well-warranted smack and didn't think of it as abuse. We didn't like it. But just as we didn't think of a good telling off as a form of abuse, which we also didn't like, uh, we didn't think of time out as a form of false imprisonment or withdrawal of privileges as an illegal form of parental bribery. All parenting techniques can become abusive, but that says more about the type of parent than the technique being used. Any parenting technique can be abused. A verbal telling off can become denigration and demoralizing. Time out can become neglect. A smack on the bottom can become physical abuse. But doing nothing and allowing your child unrestrained and uncontrolled behavior is equally problematic. You may know what we call permissive parents, and they're making a rod for their own back. Their children rule the roost. It's time we stopped criminalising good parents who are raising great kids, and targeted rotten parents who, irrespective of what technique they use, will be problematic and potentially child abuse. Parents who have unresolved anger issues or are prone to violence or are using drugs or abusing alcohol. Those are the red flags we should be watching for. It's the type of parent we should target, not necessarily the technique. Sadly our politicians failed to make this important distinction and we are reaping the consequences of that decision back in 2007. As well-known parenting expert Helen Clark once said, a ban on smacking defies human nature.